Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Truth. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence by the military-industrial complex. Are the Bible's prophecies today's reality? This could be the sign that signals the return of Christ. World leaders are working behind the curtains. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. Secret societies, secret oaths, secret proceedings. Now, get ready for an hour of truth that will make you think. We'll examine Bible prophecy and see how close we are to the return of Jesus Christ for his church. You're in the zone. Politics, Israel, the Middle East, the revised European superstate, and more. All in the zone. This is the Prophecy Zone with your host, Phil Armstrong. Everybody for joining me today as we study the book of Revelation together. My name is Christine Wyke. I'm the author of a self-published book named uh, Explain This, a verse-by-verse explanation of the book of Revelation. And I thank Phil again for allowing me to use his time to broadcast something that I feel is coming and it's very important to pay attention to. I think the subject matter we're going to touch on today kind of will make you either oh, ridicule me for thinking the way I have, um, or oh, make a, maybe I'll make you scratch your head a little bit and, hey, that might be possible. It could happen kind of idea that comes from today's study. Kind of recap a little bit of what I have been going through the last couple of weeks. Um, you can click on the archives and I believe Phil has got a recurring one from the one I did two weeks ago, The Rise of the Catholic Church, and why I do place the woman that rides on the beast that we'll talk about today, that woman is the Catholic Church. And kind of just go over that real quickly, because the two are a pair in Revelation. The woman is a movement or a belief of of people that share a, a common denominator, and that is the the worship of idols or, or worship of something other than God Himself, and that is what the woman becomes who rides the on the beast. And just to touch real quickly, a couple of the verses here: um, Revelation seventeen verse three explains 
kind of a description of the woman. She is dressed in purple and scarlet, glittering with gold and precious stones. And I think the big clue there is the golden goblet of communion that she holds in her hand. Um, that is, again, a very strong characteristic of the Catholic Church. Now, before I really offend anybody here, this is not my intention. My uh, intention here is to wake people up to the possibility, uh, according to God's word, that this Catholic Church, the uh, faith itself, I am not going to tread lightly here because I am not trying to offend a good, strong Catholic because there are believers in the Catholic Church. That is something that has been made clear by Jesus when he calls his people from out of her. But also to give an idea that when you have a pope that will turn the church to whichever way he wants it to go, it can go in a backwards way. We have seen this done before in the past with the Inquisition, as people in the name of God would kill other Christians just for their belief. Uh, Such a thing as martyrdom then became very apparent in the early Catholic Church. So again, I am not going to condemn the Catholic faith, not at all. It is a faith that saves you, a relationship with Jesus Christ. It is not religion that saves you. And I think that's what I am going to condemn today, is the religion of the Catholic Church, and that people feel that the Pope is God, and that people feel that the Pope is non-fallible or infallible, and that he comes directly from God. Um, He is a man, folks. And according to the book of Revelation, this is the man we need to pay attention to, the next one coming. Now, that last statement I just made, the next one coming, my last study that I did, it was the prophecy of St. Malechi. It is not a biblical prophecy, but I hope you get the chance to view that in the archives because I think it's very interesting because it definitely brings up the point today. Is the Pope coming, the one after Pope Benedict, could he be the last one? Um, Going back again also to (coughs) Revelation 17, verse 9, this calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are seven hills on which the woman sits. Now remember, the seven heads are a part of the beast that the woman rides. And the seven heads are also a city of seven hills. This is all tied in, people, to the the woman that sits on the, the red beast or the red dragon, the beast that comes out of the sea. She is powerless on the back of this beast. Notice it seems to take her wherever it wants to go. The woman is on it for the ride. So in truth, you could say that the Pope will take over the Catholic Church and will take it wherever it wants to go. We are actually are starting to see a lot of that already. The Pope makes a new law or makes a statement of a change in doctrine, um, the whole church then takes up on it and follows it because they feel the Pope is infallible and a messenger from God directly. So if the woman that sits on seven hills is also a city that sits on seven hills, I made the comparison there to the Vatican that sits in Rome. A little bit back here in Daniel. Daniel is 
in chapter 11, being told a dream that King Nebuchadnezzar had, and it is a very strong clue here as to why we can link the papacy to the Antichrist or the 666. If you go to uh, Daniel chapter 11, starting with verse 21. Uh, oh, actually here. Nope, I'm going to take you back. Uh, Daniel chapter 2, starting at verse 38, the dream is being interpreted for King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, the idea here is that King Nebuchadnezzar had a statue in his dream. There was a big rock that came and crushed the feet of the statue and everything fell down. It's a metaphor to describe the future events that were coming. It affected King Nebuchadnezzar at his time because he was the head of gold. We'll kind of break this down, and we get down to the legs and the feet, and that's what's so important because it ties in again to the seven heads of the beast. These two things in Revelation and in Daniel have to be understood as they explain the same thing. In verse 38, um, he's explaining, uh, verse 37, Your majesty, you are a king over many kings. This is Daniel talking to the king. For the God of heaven has given you your kingdom, power, strength, and glory. Glory, You rule the farthest provinces, and even animals and birds are under your control. You are the head of gold. So in the statue, King Nebuchadnezzar was the head of gold. He was one of the heads also of the beast. After that, your kingdom will come to an end, and another power will arise to your pl- to take your place. It will be inferior to yours. That was the Medes and Persians. That was the silver uh, arms and shoulders that were split between the kingdom of the Medes and the kingdom of the per- of the Persians. And that was also chronicled for us in further on in Daniel with King Darius, or Darius. After that kingdom has, has fallen, a third great power will arise, represented by the bronze belly of the statue. This will have been the Greek Empire, started by Alexander the Great. Following that, the fourth kingdom will be as strong as iron, smashing, bruising, and conquering. Notice here that the two legs, or iron legs, are split. That is symbolic to mean the split between the Eastern and the Western Roman Empire. And that did happen during the reign of uh, Emperor Constantine. Now, notice the feet. Now, the feet and the toes are what we haven't seen yet. This is a future kingdom, which is the last one, because it's the bottom of the statue. And then the feet... And the toes are part iron. Notice how that is a clue. Pay attention to this. The feet are iron, which is also a part of the legs. So we can understand here that being the feet are iron, Roman, which was also part of the legs as being iron, which was the Roman Empire, we can attribute this to the kingdom of the Antichrist being partial Roman, or we'll have Roman roots. Again, we go back to the idea that the beast that comes out of the sea must arise out of the Roman Empire. A little further in Daniel, this is the chapter 11. 
Um, this is, and I'm taking it kind of on a context here for sake of time. I don't want to read the whole chapter. But it's describing the, uh, you would say, the antics of the Antichrist. Kind of gives a little bit of a view as to what this guy will be like. Um, verse 21, next to come to power will be an evil man, not directly in line with royalty. I think so many people miss this clue. This is definitely talking about the Antichrist. Uh, look at here. He takes over the kingdom during a crisis. Uh, do we have one now? We always seem to have a crisis lately. But he will take over the kingdom when the world is in crisis by flattery and intrigue. So in other words, this person will not only have a silver tongue, but he will be very clever um, definitely will bring about peace because that is what comes around with the first horse of the first seal the opening of the horse with the white horse comes out the uh, empire of the antichrist will begin and it will start out with peace and to me that kind of fits the the attributes of a pope somebody who is very christian someone who talks peace but notice that little part here of verse 21 in Daniel. He will not be directly in line with royalty. It's not going to be a king. It's not going to be somebody who was born into this line of royalty, who comes from a line of royalty. Most popes do not. In fact, they all don't. They usually have come from a very poor background. They start out as a priest. Many of them come from very poor backgrounds. So we, again, are looking at somebody who is not royal in succession. And many people thought that the king of Spain was going to be the next Antichrist because of how he was starting to rule the um, uh, the European Union. But I kept saying, no, he cannot come from royalty. So we got to take God's word for what it's trying to tell us. All right. I'm going to now go backwards a little bit into history. And if we go to Revelation 13, verse 18, this to me, I think this is the most important verse in the entire Bible besides the, the verse of salvation. But it says, this calls for wisdom. If anyone has insight, let him calculate the number of the beast, for it is man's number, and his number is 666. Okay, we are asked to put our thinking caps on. We are told to figure this out. The answer to this riddle is not just handed to us, and I think there's good reason for this. God needs us to dig deeply into his word and take into consideration events that have already occurred in history and probably future events that we can see coming but then we can have a clearer picture in identifying this man in Revelation, the Antichrist. Now, I gave you a few of the hints that have been placed throughout the Bible, and there are many more that I could speak of, but I kind of brought out the strongest ones. When you bring all this together, I think that we can conclude quite accurately who this person is. Now, there's another reason why I think that God reveals one of the darkest secrets of mankind in a riddle form. Think about this. 
the Apostle John was exiled or imprisoned on an island when he receives this vision of the book of Revelation. He foresees a rise of a new empire in the future. He was already in the Roman Empire. If he had written down the prophecy in the exact words of who the Antichrist would be, without the codes and symbols, the Roman government would have confiscated his writings and they would have never got into the hands of those who were responsible for assembling the New Testament. We could also pretty much assume here that he would have been charged with conspiracy or treason against the Roman government, and then he would have certainly been killed outright. So the chances are of him stating in a letter that there is going to be the fall of a Roman Empire to the rise of somebody new, ah, that would have not been going over very good with the emperor at the time who thought Rome would never end. Now, to get a better better understanding of this verse in Revelation, we need to understand first a few things. Go back in time. When John wrote Revelation, the only official languages, and I'm talking official, these were national languages, used during this time period of the Roman Empire were Greek, because the Romans had conquered the Greeks, and Latin. The only system of numbers that were used were the Roman numerals and the Greek gematria, which is a system of letters to number values, which is also used in Hebrew writings. This will be the first set of clues that we need to start with to detangle or to unravel this clue here or this mystery here in Revelation. We need to use the language and the number system that was in place at the time of John when the code was written. Now, what I find is amazing is that these two systems of Latin and Roman numerals are still intact today, used today, and even all around the world in every single language. The Latin language is still used in naming the species of animal life, constellations in astronomy, and we also have the Roman numerals used on clocks behind the names of people. John Doe III is actually three eyes, not the number three. We even use it in the sequence of the Super Bowl games. So over the years, a lot of people have tried to put the title of the Antichrist among, among the different leaders. Of course, Hitler was definitely named as an Antichrist. So was Ronald Wilson Reagan, because he had six letters in each part of his name, equaling three, 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 which was, or 666, six, six, three times. However, this is where the mistake lies. You have to use the original Latin text but also the original numbering system, the Roman numerals. Now, do we have such a name today? I believe we do. Now, I'm going to first give you the name and the calculation of it first, and then I'm going to explain to you how this name came about. And I do believe it does fit the clues given in the Bible. Now, 
the easiest thing for me to do is to have a blackboard in front of me here and write this down for you to view it. I don't. Someday I will have a, a, a website or a webcam where I will bring this about to people in a viewing way rather than trying to give you a picture of it through words. If you go to my website, www.explainthis.us, click on free articles, and you will click on one that says 666. Um, there has this code for you in written form. In case you don't have a pen handy, but otherwise sit tight, you can listen through this. The Latin word, vicarious, fil ei dei. Now this means vicar of the Son of God. That's the Latin translation. Or the Pope. Here's the letter values. Now you take that entire three-word name, vicarious, thalei, dei. We have one letter D, as in dog, one letter C, as in cat, one letter L, one letter of a U, one letter of a V, as a victory, and we have six I's. If you add these up using Roman numerals, a D is the value of 500. A C has the value of 100. An L has the value of 50. A U and a V each will have 5, so a total of 10. Now you would think, oh, wait a minute here. A U is not a Roman numeral, but it was at the time of John. The U and the V were considered the same letter. If you go back to Latin language, every time there is a V in a word, the U is in the same word. might be in a different part of the word, but it's always followed by a V. It's always followed by U because the two were considered together. These were not split up until around the year 300 or actually 1300. Around 1300s is when the U and the V became separated into the English language because more words become and more written words became prominent and the two letters need to be separated. And, of course, more letters were added into the alphabet. And then the I, of course, has a value of a 1. So if you do the calculation here, if you take the D, the C, that is 600. You take the L, and then the U and the V as each of 5. You then have 50 and 5 and 5, so we now have 60. So we have 660. And in those three uh, words in vicarious, there are six I's. There's your 666. Now, of course, the letters A, R, S, and there's a couple more there, have no numeric value because they are not in the Roman numerals. So they have zero. Now, that's just an idea. How did we get the name Vicarious Foetidei to begin with? Now, that comes a study in early church history, starting with the Empire Constantine. If we go back to 312, Constantine delivers the Edict of Milan. Now, this stops the persecution of the Christians. As Constantine became more powerful, the Roman Empire grew larger in size. 
So during the reign of Constantine, the Roman Empire was split into two. He reigned from the eastern half. The western half was given to the bishop. I believe it was Bishop Sylvester I. In a document called Donation of Constantine, the bishop was given full power of the area of Rome, but the whole entire Western Empire. Now, the Roman Catholic Church abused this power down the line. They used the document to control all things besides the church affairs, and the church became very, very strong with it. It is this name of Vicarius Philae Dei that was first show that first was shown as the name of the Pope. That's who Constantine called him, Vicar of the Son of God, or representative of the Son of God. Now, this donation of Constantine was with the church for a long period of time. I believe it was close to 800 years. During around 1612, it became apparent that there was a professor by the name of Andreas Helwig. He made the connection to the title, Vicarius Felae Dei, and the Roman numerals. He linked it to the 666 number in Revelation. Now that propelled the Catholic Church to deny the very existence of the document then. They supposedly destroyed it. And if they said if there was such a document, it was definitely a forgery. Now that is what most most of the the time that the Catholic Church used this document to proclaim its power, many, many people tried to show that the document was a forgery because they wanted to take away that power given by Constantine. But as long as the church held that document, the church was in power. But now the church had a dilemma. The document shows that a pope could be the Antichrist. So the church destroys the document. And, of course, the name or the pope's title, Vicarius Felae Dei, was also destroyed but it was changed to mean Vicar of Christ. It was called Vicarious Christus, which I believe he has today. This is where it becomes unfortunate. Where do we find a proof that he was called Vicarious Philae Dei before this? Well, there really isn't any. And this is where the Seventh-day Adventist became very strong with Ellen Gould White, started to bring this issue up again um, about 100 years ago. And with her following, she also named the Pope as the Antichrist. And because there was no pictures of the Pope with this name, all the paintings at this time of 1600 here were all quite obscure as to what the title name was on the crown the papal crown. And, of course, it was pretty much thought of by Ellen Gould White that the church had destroyed all the documents containing anything that attributed the Catholic Church or the Pope to this original name that matched up with 666. On top of that, what had happened is somebody had this bright idea to take Ellen Gould White's name 
and do the letters of the Roman numerals and her name. And for the W in the last name of White, they took that to be two V's, so that was a five and a five. And if you add up the letters in her name, she adds to 666. So that kind of threw her whole idea into a tailspin. However, the Seventh-day Adventist churches still are very strong as to the rise of the papacy in the last days, and they do link the Sunday worship with the mark of the beast. I don't know if I agree with that, but they are at least very strong to show the possibility of a pope being the Antichrist. Now, think of it this way. Is there a possibility that a pope could be the Antichrist? Why not? He is already worshipped today very strongly by many Catholics. Even non-Catholics consider him a holy man. Look at the way that a pope can change the views of people. Look how he can change the doctrines of the Catholic Church. Look how he is adored by people of, you would say, um, secular governments. Many, many do ignore what he says, but there's many people or many governments that do take into consideration his opinions. And what if in the world, in a crisis, he has all the answers? He comes to power and he has all the answers. And his thoughts and opinions sound good. And people look for him for answers, and he has them. Why not be able to sweep the world and be in awe? And on top of that, and on top of that, he can do miracles, as the book of Revelation states. Uh, take this all in together and now reread the book of Revelation and put him into the subject line as the beast that comes out of the sea and the Catholic Church as the harlot that rides upon the beast, you will see how more quickly it is easier to understand Revelation. My name again is Christine Wyke. I am the author of the book, Explain This, and you can definitely reach me at 888-653-9752 is my phone number. You can Facebook me also under my name, Christine Wyke, and that's spelled W-E-I-C. CK. My email my email is explain this at att.net with the website of explainthis.us. Thank you again for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. 
and all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.